oh, there she is. You prophesied, huh? Future pastor's daughter. When I first heard, I thought you said future pastor's wife. So I thought you said first, and I listened to it again, and it was daughter. So yeah, that would work too. Yeah, either one works. Amen. So I have not told them what to preach on. They have not talked. They have not discussed. Watch how the Holy Spirit puts one message together with three different guys. Amen. It's so amazing. So let's get ready tonight. Let's, let's say lots of amens. Give them the amens you wouldn't give me, okay? Make them feel excited, amen, because sometimes on Wednesday nights you're a little tired, so let's, let's support them, let's take notes, let's get in the word, let's give them amens, and let's have an awesome night, amen. Let's, let's give a hand to the Lord as Jesse comes up tonight to get us started. <laughs> there we go. I'll start my timer after I get my stuff ready. <laughs> Serve an awesome God, and, and he can use anybody. You know, it's awesome what he's, what he's been doing in our lives. And, well, I want to speak about getting into God's stride today. I was going to go, I want to give you the verse so you can just write them down for time. Uh, Psalms 1, 19, 1, it says, You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You are blessed when you follow his direction, doing your best to find him. So tonight I just want to encourage you, it's going to be a message of encouragement. You know, um, you know, we all need that encouragement in life. It don't matter how long you've been serving the Lord. You know, there's times we're going to have struggles in life. There's times that, you know, things are going to, the enemy's going to throw things at us to try to knock us down and, and keep our eyes off of God. You know, but we need to keep on striding, just keep, you know, you know, always stay in prayer. Just keep staying in prayer and keep on, you know, trusting that he'll make a way for you. Um, you know, God always puts that on my heart, is, you know, give a word on uh, encouragement because, I mean, I, you know, when I first, I've been serving, you know, the Lord for five years and the first couple of years, it was, it was a fight. You know, it still is, but it was, you know, just wanting to give up and the enemy would throw everything at me and, you know, it could be family issues or, you know, bringing back to mind addictions, you know, that I used to go through and, you know, it's just amazing what he does. And I know it's easier said than done, right? The things that we go through in life for us to easily get into God's stride. And, but today, I hope this blesses you tonight. You know, when we struggle in life, you know, with, through temptations, you know, feeling defeated through trials, you know, sickness, uh, temptations, you know, lie of the enemy. I want to encourage you tonight. You know, in God's word, he says, in Isaiah 43, 2, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's an awesome God. We can go home with that right there, saying that God will be with us, you know, through anything, through the high waters, through the fire. It will not get burned. We will not, it will not overflow us. And just when we get to that point in our walks where we can trust in the Lord and, and have that confidence in him, you know, he can do mighty things through us. You know, this is the confidence that we should have in him, you know, that God is with us through everything, through every trial, through whatever, you know, gets thrown at us. It's so powerful knowing that, you know, we have confidence in him, you know, just know that God never fails us. You know, he's with us through, through every situation, through everything that we face, you know, and we got we to gotta keep in the stride and, you know, you know keep trusting in him. When he blesses you. You know, praise him. When, he, when you go through that struggle, keep praising him. I guarantee he's going to get you through that. He's done it for me over and over. You know, we, you know one thing, too, that I want to you know, let you know is, you know, when the enemy throws something at us, 
you know, we got to trust in God still. We got to keep on striding on, keep doing our part as well. We, you know, we should not give in so easily to what the enemy tells us. You know, that's what he wants, you know, but know that God has, you know, the Lord has brought us a long way, a far away from what we used to be. But stay in that stride, you know, keep trusting in him. And I guarantee you he'll do it for you. He's done it for me over and over and over. You know, another verse out of Corinthians 10, 13. You know, when I first got saved, this is one that I just kept in mind all the time. It's one that, I mean, blessed me a lot. Just amazing. It says, you know, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will you also, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, God's not going to let us get tempted, you know, more than we can handle. You know, there's, there's times in life that we're going to feel, you know, like, you know, we're going to be, you know, tell, the enemy's going to tell us, you know, why, why are you serving God if, you know, you're not worthy or, or or why are you serving, you know, God that, you know, because of your past that you have done, you know. You know, God's going to get us through all this. It's, you know, it's crazy the way, you know, I mean, God works. You know, the, you know, you put something on your heart. Like this morning, I had, you know, a couple of days ago I had a word, and he always changes it on you. But it's amazing because he's going to get us through this. I guarantee it. So it's all about confidence. But, you know, when we feel the enemy coming in, it's because we are drowning ourselves, drawing ourselves away from God. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what those things could be. You know, those couple of things could be that, you know, we're not, number one is not praying enough. Not being in God's word or, you know, reading it or studying it enough. Not fellowshipping with other believers. You know, fellowshipping with the world. You know, number four, not coming to the house of God the way we should. And that's being consistent. You know, when you, you know, during the day, say on a Wednesday, when you go through a struggle and or, or something, the enemy does something at you, you know, when you start, when you think back and it's like, oh, you know, um, maybe I could just stay home today. I'm a little tired or whatever it is. You know, just keep coming. You know, stay in the stride. Keep, keep trusting in the Lord. Uh, number five, it says, not taking correction the right way. That's a one right there that, man. <laughs> And if you didn't hear that, it says, uh, number five again, it says, not taking correction the right way. That's one thing that we got to let, you know, our elders, pastor, whoever else, you know, when they correct you, you know, take it as a correction. Don't, you know, get angry. Don't start building up the fences like, you know, he's been preaching about. You know, we, we can't do that. We got to take it and run with it and keep, keep you know, keep on striving. Keep, keep pressing in. Another verse out of um, Psalms 37.4, it says, take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. You know, God never fails us. You know, Jesus gave his life for you and for me. And there's times that it's hard for us to grasp that, to understand, to comprehend that. You know, but he gave his life for you and me so we can have a better life. So we got to do our part, you know, when... You know, when there's an average, you know, come, you know, you know, do your part, have your part in church or, you know, just keep, keep doing your thing. You know, just keep letting God lead you. Um, another verse, I might have a lot of verses here, sorry. It says, um, 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, um, now this is the confidence that we have in him 
that if we ask anything according to, to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. Serve a mighty God. You know, when we feel faithless, you know, God remains faithful. You know, God never fails. George, I just want to just encourage you guys. You know, there's many times that, you know, I wanted to give up on the Lord. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's something that, you know, the struggles that I've been through, temptations, you know, not feeling worthy. But, you know, if you keep on staying consistent with God and keep letting him lead your way, he'll make that way. I guarantee you that because he's done it for me plenty of times. There's times, you know, me being a meth addict for 15 years of my life, through all the addictions I faced, you know, it was, it was hard for me to, to, you know, to get in the stride, you know, walking with the Lord. You know, but he made a way for me. You know, it, you know we can never stop learning. You know, we got to keep learning more every day. You know, and keep staying in his word. You know, we cannot learn enough. You know, we, we'll never learn everything. You know, we got to just keep trusting in him and keep, you know, letting him lead us. And, you know, and be the parents. Who, you know, we are called to our, you know, we got to teach our children as well, you know, the way of the Lord. Because, you know, our background being Catholic, supposedly going to church, you know, a funeral or a wedding or something, you know, it's, it, it's a hard walk, you know, for all the new believers here. You know, if you don't, you know, know how to serve the Lord, just keep coming. You know, you, you know you'll get taught in this place. I guarantee you that. You know, that, that's one thing that I, you know, I praise God for that our church, you know, it's a, you know, a, a church that, you know, pastor preaching the truth, you know, and, you know, and it's, it's always about heaven and hell. And, and it's real, you know, the enemy is going to try to come and, and destroy your life. But just stay in the stride. The last verse that I have for you guys, I want you to, this is one that blessed me. And, and it's, a, it's a 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. You know, serving for God's glory. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in prayer. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each of you has received a gift. Minister to one another as, God, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God has supplies, which God supplies. That in all things God can be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom being the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Guys, just keep saying this stride. Keep trusting in the Lord. If you're going through a situation right now, you know, just know that God is with you. You know, God did not save us just for ourselves. But he saved us to reach the world, to reach our family that's not saved. You know, we got to, you know, believe that, you know, that Jesus loves you and he'll make a way for you. I, you know, I, I, you know, promise. I promise you that. Amen. Let's give my brother John a hand as he comes up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What a powerful word. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good all the time. All the time. Amen. There we go. There we go. All right. So we're going to start this out. We're going to start out by saying, I'm going to ask you guys a question. First off, it's going to be a, so every morning, every morning we wake up and our alarm goes off. And at that moment, you make a decision. Either you hit that snooze button Right? A couple of us have a couple more alarms, but it's, you hit that snooze button, or do you wake up and go? If you hit that snooze button, there's an opportunity that you're going to be running late. Things are going to start happening. You, you might be saying, well, I don't need to brush my teeth. I'll be okay without that. 
I can, I can, uh, I can wake up. I can, I can go on and not take a shower today. It's okay, right? If we hit those snooze buttons, that's what it, that's the possibility that can happen. That's right. But if we, but if you wake up on time, there's a reason you set that 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 alarm for a certain reason, for a certain time, for a reason, right? So you wake up, you wake up on time. You pay attention to details. Amen, if you wake up on time. So today, what I felt the Lord speak to my heart and what I wanted to talk about, we're going to be talking about if you snooze, you lose. Amen? That's the title of the message. And I looked up the snooze, you lose meaning. I know everybody here has a couple of different meanings, but I looked up some meanings. And it said, you snooze, you lose. If you wait too long to do something, the opportunity might become unavailable. The phrase can be used as a warning of an event to come or a, dis- or a, or a described past, past things that one has already missed. This is the one I want you guys to get, get right here. People say, you snooze, you lose, to mean if you do not pay attention, you will miss a good opportunity. Amen. Amen. So if I can get you guys to open your Bibles to Matthew 21, 18, please. And while you guys are turning, I just want to really give, really give God the glory and God the thanks for being able to use me here. You know, this isn't one of my comfort zones at all. You guys know this. I think I've said this 30,000 times, but I know this is God's will. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. Be able to stand in front of people and just be able to preach the word of God and be able to speak the truth. Amen. Amen. So on verse 18, and it says, now in the morning, he has, re- he has returned to the city. He was hungry, and he was see, he, him, or, and seeing a fig tree by the road, and he came to it, and he found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And the disciples saw it, and they were marveled, saying, how did the fig tree withered away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, surely I say to you, if you have faith, and do not doubt, you will, you will not only do, do, do this, what was done to the fig tree, but also to this mountain. You be removed and be cast to the sea. It will be done. Amen. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believe and you will receive. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this beautiful day, God. Thank you for the people that you have brought into this place, God. We ask you just to soften our hearts and soften our, heart, our hearts and our minds. And let us take this message, all these messages, and take us with us. And just, just let us receive these messages the way that you want us to receive them, Lord. We love you, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So we're going to go back to the, back, back seeing the fig, the, the fig tree. On verse 19, it says, seeing the fig tree by the road, and he came to it, and he said, and he said, he found nothing on the leaves. He found nothing on the tree. Nothing was growing. So Jesus said, all right, well, all right, let me take everything away. Let me take everything away from the tree, and it withered away. So let, now let's kick it up a notch. Have we ever hit the snooze button on the opportunities that have, that have come in front of us, and we, we just missed that opportunity? Just like times where... One of your, you, you have deep in your heart where the Holy Spirit speaks to you that you got to speak to one of your coworkers about Christ. But we hit that snooze button and walk away because we feel like it's not time yet. Right? Or a family member that's really in pain. 
a family member that's really in pain, and you know in your heart, but there's times in, that you walk, you, walk next to that, you walk next to your family member, and you start, you start forgetting that the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. Right? And there's times in life that that happens. Jesus made everybody the same. He loves everybody the same. So why, how can he not heal that person, but he can heal me? He can heal that person also. Amen. Yes. Amen. So if, what about a friend? A friend that's depressed. Something some, a sad person. He doesn't, know the, he doesn't know what love is. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. Yes. He loved his son. So with that being said, Guys, there's times, and there's times and opportunities that come in front of us, a lot of them. But what we do with the opportunity, what, what kind of productivity are we doing? Or better yet, opportunity are important, but opportunity without productivity is, will always stay if it will always stay an opportunity. Amen? It will always stay an opportunity. Same thing with a dream. A dream without goals will always be a dream. James 2.17 says, faith without works is dead. It is dead. So I, it, was, it was awesome because when I was doing this, when it, I just put opportunity plus productivity equals the gospel. Because there were so many stories. It was so awesome. There's so, so many stories that I saw that opportunities were given, but the productivity that was taken off of those opportunities created everything. They, they took the next step. So for the disciples to be where they were, exactly what they were doing, they were given the opportunity. So then they went to go out and make a productivity. They made it happen with, you know. So Mark 16, 14 says, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to everybody. So God called us to be conquerors. Amen. God called us to be warriors. God called us to be an army to stand up, to be able to rise up, to be bold. Romans 1.16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How many can stand up today and just say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Amen. Amen. This last couple of weeks has been awesome because I feel like, you know, pastor has been preaching awesome and he's been speaking straight to me. I know that. But, uh, but everything that he's been speaking about. Was the, how about the gardens? I think that one was one of my that I know I remember the, the gardens and the relationships, how, how we have, how everybody around us have, how important it is to have a relationship with everybody and not to build fences. Amen. So with that being said, how, how, who are we hanging out with? We start asking ourselves, well, who are we hanging out with? How's the garden around our family, our own family, inside our house? What about our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors? You know, the great thing about this story is just a great thing about this message that when I was writing it up, you know, just speaking on opportunity and, and the opportunity, how it, can, how it can really just pass. You hit the snooze button really fast and it can be gone. And But my wife sent me his, his, um, this text message this week, and she didn't know what I was preaching about at all. So she said, uh, she said a team that dreams together wins together. I said, oh, babe, okay. And I know the Holy Spirit speaking. I know that was the Holy Spirit speaking, but... But it was a good thing just to get, those, get that dream, get that, get that text message from her and just knowing, hey, wow, God is, God is lining up. God is, God is awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
but meaning. But it's so awesome how, how God can put that, that plant, how God, God found that plant, and it wasn't, it wasn't producing what it needed to do. God put that plant there for a reason. God put us here for a reason. That, that plant, that fig tree was not producing what it needed to do to, be, to, to do its job. It was not producing. So for us, we should be producing every time. We shouldn't want to, when Jesus or when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you shouldn't want it. You shouldn't be dry. You should, you should be fruit. You should have fruit all over you ready to, God, use it. Well, use whatever you need from me, God. Use it. Let your words be said and not mine. Amen. So who are we hanging out with? That's one of the questions that I kind of really wanted to get into today. This is, who are the people that we're hanging out with? There's times in life that we hang out with people that, that, are, that are sleepy, you know, spiritually. They're sleepy everywhere they go. Everywhere they go, you can find them sleeping somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, or, or are you going to be the one that's, that, that walks against the crowd? You're going to be able to stand up and say, God, use me, whatever you need me to do. Please take it. Use me. Again, there's times in life when we do get sleepy. Don't get me wrong. We do get sleepy. The disciples were caught sleeping not once, a couple times. Amen. The disciples, the disciples themselves were caught sleeping. So there's going to be times that we get, we, get, we get caught sleeping, and we start asking ourselves, well, no, I won't talk to him today. We'll do it tomorrow. That's not where I'm, I, I know I'll, I'll see him tomorrow. But how many know tomorrow's not promised? Yeah? How many know tomorrow's not promised? And we start taking our time. We start slowing down. We're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll get him. I'll get him tomorrow. But the game doesn't finish. The game's not finished yet. It's, it's, it, and we start thinking the game's already finished, but the game really just started. You know, we start thinking about, for me, I'm a football I'm, I love. I like football. I like football. So a two-minute warning for us. How I, how I imagined this was a two-minute warning, which is on NFL it's the last first two minutes. It's the last minutes, last two minutes of the first, second half, and the last two minutes of the second half, or first, second, first half, and second half. And what I love about that is the, that the referees blow the whistle, wave their hands, they stop the game so everybody can catch a break and just let everybody know, hey, the game's about to finish. Just a heads up. But how many know that there's things happening around the world that we, we're seeing the two-minute warning right now. All around the world, there's things happening that we, when, once we open our eyes and we can wake up and see what's happening, we know the ref, God's waving his hand, hey, I'm, this game's almost over, guys. I'm almost here, guys. Let's just be, let's, heads up, guys. But what are we doing? Sometimes it's, it's, that, that snooze button can get us. That snooze button can get us. So going back to the story in Matthew, and when it says, and whether things you ask, oh, let me go back to 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered to them, or surely I say to you, if you have faith, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain to be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whether things are, and whatever things you ask in prayer, 
believe and you shall receive. Amen. Amen. What a powerful, powerful last, powerful last verse right there. Whatever you pray for and you believe, you will receive. So we got to understand that, guys, the words that come out of our mouth, there's power in the tongue. There's, there's power in the name. When we start saying Jesus, things can happen. Cancer can be removed. Amen. Amen. Healing right in front of you can happen. But if you don't doubt, you believe and you, you will receive. So I don't know about you, but when, if, if, if the Holy Spirit comes up to me or if the Holy Spirit's in me and tells me to speak to somebody, I don't want to be dry. I don't want to be dry like that fig tree was now. It's gone. I don't want to be dry. I want, to, I want the Holy Spirit to come, come and, all right, well, let me use this fruit. Use it on this person. Let's go. Use it. Don't hit that snooze button anymore. I don't want to be caught sleeping. I don't want to be caught sleeping. And if you have the opportunity, follow with it. Follow. Get that action. Make that action. Opportunity with productivity means go. Gospel. The first two letters of the gospel is go. Let's go. Romans 13, 11 says, and this is, this is all more urgent for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. Our salvation is closer now than we, will ever, than we were when we, now than we were first believed. So the hour has come. You know, the, the, hour, the hour has come. You know, this might be our, our snooze, our, our alarm clock where, hey, all right, this is just a gut check because this, this message was for me. Guys, this, this message was straight for me. Everything that the Holy Spirit put there, he, it was just for me. You know, this was my alarm clock. This was my, okay, I'm tired of hitting that snooze button. I'm tired of doing it. It's time to dress up. To dress up with the, cl- the clothing of God, amen, to be able to dress up and be able to march and get those army, army people around you right now. Look at all these people around you. Guys, one can put 1,000 a fleet, but two can put 10,000 a fleet. Amen. Amen. So let's stand up as an army. Let's keep going. Let's keep marching. So, again, we're going we're gonna to close it out. But I just want to say one more thing. The opportunity are important. But the opportunity without productivity will always stay an opportunity. Amen. 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 I'm not usually one that gets nervous easily, but uh, you know what it's like when, when pastor says, hey, we have disciples in the making. You want to see how all three messages come together. They always flow. And then I hear Jesse talking about God will be with us. Uh, let him lead us. John talking about if, if you snooze, you lose, how all those messages go together. And then I'm sitting there, and my message was on out of uh, Revelations chapter 22. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> that, would, that would be crazy. Every time he says that, I'm like, uh, I hope it all flows together. Because <laughs> it would have been really awkward if they had those messages and, and mine was on tithes and offerings. 
Praise God. So if you're, if you're taking notes, the title of this message will be An Ever-Present Help. See, God's placed people in our lives, whether it's a person, a group of people that we cross, cross paths with, whether they're saved or unsaved, and, and God wants us to speak into their lives. Like there's, there's people who God planned out at a certain time, kind of like what John was saying, if you snooze, you'll miss it. There's people there that God wants us to pour into, reach out to, whether it's for witnessing, whether it's, I want to say, John or, I took notes, John or Jess, I think Jesse talked about discipleship, whether it's somebody that he wants us to disciple, a younger person, or maybe we're the ones that God brought somebody into our lives to speak into our lives that we should be receptive to. And a lot of times if we miss that, we can get ourselves in some trouble. So I want to just talk about some examples in the Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, open up to 1 Samuel, please. I'm just thankful how the Holy Spirit moves. Because I, I wasn't joking about That would have been really awkward if <laughs> everybody would be looking at me like, hmm. <laughs> Y'all need men's discipleship a couple days a week. So 1 Samuel, we'll begin in chapter 19. We're going to talk about David and Jonathan. We know that David um, became one of God's anointed. He was the youngest child of many siblings. He was in the fields tending the sheep. Not, nothing really special about, about David. And if you were to look at Jonathan, Jonathan was the son of Saul. He was his oldest, so on normal standards, he's the next in line to be king. So Jonathan would have every reason imaginable to be like, man, I don't care about David. I'm, I'm next in line. I know my dad is kind of getting full of himself, but at the end of the day, I'm next. And that's how a lot of us would think in the flesh. But Jonathan, not snoozing, saw that there's something special about David. There's something special about David, and, and I feel like God wants to use me to, to be a part of that, whether it's to encourage, whether it's to disciple. God wanted, and it didn't make sense, because why would somebody who grew up thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to be the next king, I'm going to be the next king, and then some shepherd boy that nobody even knows about is God's anointed. How does that work? But when you're in the spirit and you're not snoozing, God will show you things, some things that don't make sense to the flesh. And as we look at it also, I want you to put yourself in this story. Put yourself as either Jonathan or David, whether you're the one who's there to encourage, to comfort somebody else, or whether God puts somebody in your life at a certain time. It's easy to be so frustrated at situations where we miss when God sends somebody our way. I want to say um, Jesse or John was talking about God won't tempt us more than we can handle, and, and no situation can overtake us because God's still in control. But there's times where we can get so frustrated about a situation, and we're asking for help and asking for help, and God sends somebody right next to us, and we miss it. So beginning in 1 Samuel um, chapter 19, it says, Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David, so Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. 
Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will tell you. Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have not have been very good towards you. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all of Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? And as we look at that, sometimes... As we're saying, God will send somebody there as David, David knew that Saul was after him. He couldn't really understand why, and, and he, he probably felt a little hurt, a little depressed. And the last person he would probably think of is the guy who's trying to kill him, son, is coming to comfort him. But sometimes God works in mysterious ways. We'll continue in 1 Samuel chapter 20. Verse 17, it says, now Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. And that's the thing where God puts us in situations where maybe it's somebody that's, you look at him, it's like, I don't know if this person's going to get saved. It's like I'm talking to a wall. But Jonathan, he cared so much about David, he was even willing to put him, his own self in harm's way with his father. It says, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. That's the kind of love that God wants us to have. Whether it's for someone saved, unsaved, at the end of the day, people are people and people have souls. And we have to love others as Christ loved us and love our neighbors as ourselves, just like the word says. I'm going to give a couple verses. We'll go to Isaiah 41, verse 10. says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We'll go to Jeremiah 32, just a couple verses. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's the God that we serve. So it, it could be a situation where God is using us or using somebody in our lives, or it might just be a situation. It doesn't always have to be a person. But when we're alert on the things that God has in store for us, we don't miss those things. Job 5, beginning in verse 6, it says, For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble spring from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. But as for me, I would seek God, and to God I will commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Amen. How many of you all have heard of Gene McGuire? Nobody? Good. So if I forget something, you guys will never know if I make it up. 
That's another thing you can get nervous about when you pretty much have a story down and you're like, have you heard of Gene McGuire? And half of you guys raise your hand. So now if I forget something, you guys won't look at me crazy. So Gene McGuire, when he was 17 years old, he grew up in Pennsylvania. He grew up to an alcoholic family. His, his dad actually passed away. Um, he was an alcoholic. His mom was an alcoholic. And he had a rough family life. And he had a cousin who he looked up to who was older and he was like the cool cousin he always wanted to hang out with who'd get in trouble and things like that. And one night his cousin wanted him to go out with him to a pool hall and play pool and drink because and the place where they were going to, they never carded you to see how old you were. So he really wanted to go and eventually his cousin talked his mom into it so they are allowed to go. So we went and they were playing, they were drinking, and then out of the blue his cousin was like, I'm going to rob this place. And he was like, That's, I don't know about that, but he was like, they're all drunk at the time, so he didn't really think anything of it. So him and his brother that was with him, they decided to leave because they were from the town, and everybody would know they were involved with it if they saw him there. So him and his brother, they left, and then they were wondering what was taking so long, and they looked inside the pool hall, and they just realized that their cousin actually killed the owner. And their cousin was like, don't just look at me, hurry up, let's find the money and get out of here. So the next thing you know, they're on the run. They go all the way up to New York. And Gene, at this point, it's been some days, they're staying and hiding in different motels, and he's like, this, this isn't right. I, I have to go back home and I'm gonna turn myself in. And his cousin told him, don't lie, tell him everything that happened, tell him it was all my fault. So he turns himself in. Long story short, he goes to court about it. And he has a lawyer that says, hey, if you just take this guilty plea, you'll do eight to 10 years and you'll be out. So he takes the guilty plea and he gets sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole at 17. So now he's, he's in prison as his, he got sentenced the day after his birthday too. So he was 18, so he got sentenced. So now he's in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And he never, grew up in church or anything like that. So, so he's a guy that the majority of society would feel like, ah, oh, it's, it's too late for a guy like that. He's already doing life in prison. He probably did it, this, 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 and that. So over the years pass by, he's, he's doing all types of things because he knows he's not going to get out. And there was a time, I want to say it might have been in 1987, there was a movement of jail ministries where they had a revival at the prison. So he said there was an inmate who was always on fire for God, and he'd be yelling scriptures and saying, wake up, you sinners, to all the inmates. It was, it was crazy. And he was like, there's all types of characters there, but he knew this guy was genuine. So he invited him to church. He went. He was like, the music was too loud. I was like, I can relate to that. <laughs> so he came in the first time. He was like, the music was too loud, this, this, and that. Didn't want to come back, but I didn't want to stay in myself. So he went, and then he went back the next day, and he saw people giving their lives to Christ, and he was just like, I just can't do that. And um, he talked to the, one of the pastors who came in, who was a part of the revival, and they started talking, and he was like, well, how long have you been a Christian? And the pastor said, since I was four, I got saved. And when I was five, I knew God had a calling on my life for missions. And he was like, how can a four-year-old figure this out and I can't? 
And how can he know at five what God wants him to do with his life? And, and I can't. So he came back again the next day and they had another altar call. That's the last day of the revival. And at the altar call, he just felt something in him say, get up. And then he heard something say, sit down, get up, sit down, get up, sit down. And he was like, he, he just was almost paralyzed. And he was like, it was almost like his foot just got up and he went forward and he gave his life to Christ. And as the story goes on, uh, he meets some people and a new law passes where if you were 17, when you were convicted of a crime, you have a possibility for a retrial and a possibility to get out. So long story short, he got out. Um, he was a part of a ministry team with one of the pastors who was from that revival. And now, how many of you guys know Babe's Chicken? People have heard of Babe's Chicken. So now he's actually the chaplain for Babe's Chicken, and he goes around to all the babes and ministers to the employees, whether whatever issues they're having. And this is a guy who, how many of us, let's say we were in that ministry and we see a guy like that. We know he's not getting out. We see what crime he supposedly committed or didn't commit. How many of us would just kind of look past it? And that goes along the same thing with what John was talking about. What if that pastor hit the snooze button on this particular person who would have missed out? And, and look how God changes the course of his life and how many people this guy is changing their lives. And how many times when this guy did get saved and he was praying and praying because there were multiple times where his appeal got denied along the way and he still prayed for God to open up that door. And it's just like when Jesse was talking about that, he's there for us. If we, if we ask, he'll answer. That's the God that we serve. Let's all bow our head and close our eyes, please. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for an opportunity to just come together and hear your word, Lord God. Let us not forsake the assembling together, Lord God, because we know that when we are together and your word is, is preached and your word is read, Lord God, that there is power in that, Lord Jesus, because your word is alive, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I know we prayed for needs in this place, but Lord God, I pray that you will touch each and every one of us in this place. Let us be honest with ourselves. Let us be honest with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, because you know all things. And Lord God, I pray that you will touch anybody who's hurting, touch anybody who has decisions they need to make, Lord God. Let them seek you first, Lord God, and you will give us the answer. And most importantly, Lord Jesus, I pray that nobody in this place will leave here without getting that same opportunity that, that Gene got, the man from the story who had an opportunity to give his life to Christ, who had an opportunity to realize it didn't matter what society said about him, it didn't matter what his family said about him, it didn't matter about the things he did or didn't do. You are a God that forgives. You are a God that gave your son for our sins, for our shortcomings. Your word tells us that it was by your stripes that we can be healed. Your word, your word tells us that while we were yet sinners, you died for us, Lord God. And that you, you would do it again if you had to, Lord Jesus. And I pray that everybody in this place will, will truly grasp what that means, will truly understand your grace, your forgiveness, that you are calling us into a relationship, that you want to... You want us to enter your kingdom. You want us to have a mansion like we was talked about earlier. 
But Lord God, to do that, we must confess you as our Lord and Savior. And I pray that if, if anybody is here tonight and they haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll just take this time to just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And, and I want you to do one more thing. If that's you in this place and you want to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to accept him into your heart, I just ask you to lift up your hand. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to pray for you. We're here to support you, to encourage you. And if that's you and, and you want to accept Jesus tonight, I just ask you to lift up your hand. Praise God, I see that hand. And if you're, if you're in this place tonight and maybe you've served the Lord and you've had a relationship with him, you've walked with him, but you know you've been hitting that snooze button lately. You've been around some, some different company You've been around some ungodly things, some things that you know that those aren't the reasons why God saved you. That's not the reason why God has placed you with a calling. If that's you and you want to come back, if you want to just get a restart and a refresh, if that's you, I'll just ask for you to lift up your hands and we'll pray for you as well. With that being said, I just would like everyone to stand to their feet. It's amazing how I was joking around with it how yeah it is pressure that you don't want to have the last message that doesn't line up with everything else but we serve a God of order there was never a doubt that God wasn't going to align any of these messages because that's the God that we serve and he's he's wanting to speak to each and every one of us each and every one of us in, in different ways at that and maybe we we know that Hey, I, I, I can do more for God. I know that Easter's coming up. We have different outreaches planned, and that'd be a perfect time to get back on fire and, and bring people in. So let's take this time, and the altars are open, and let's just pray and just, and just get recharged, the midweek service. Amen.